0: this week on it starts with attraction who are you if that never comes who are you and how do we start making peace with who we are there's a process to falling
1: in love and it starts with attraction join kimberly beam Holmes and her special guests as they discuss how to become the most attractive you can be physically intellectually emotionally and spiritually or as we refer to it working on your pies will teach you how to have better relationships
0: and become more attractive to others and maybe more importantly to yourself it starts with
1: attraction and it starts now I'm super excited to be joined today by Dr. Heather Thompson Day. I have been following her on Instagram for several months now, and she is just always putting something out there that's encouraging, that's hopeful, Um, sometimes some things that are just funny, sharing things about her life, and had to have her on the podcast, especially to talk about her first book, which we're going to spend some time talking about, which is called It's Not Your Turn. Heather, I am thrilled. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Let's talk some about this first book. So it's called It's Not Your Turn. And it's really about encouraging people who are kind of in a season of waiting. So what was it that even led you to want to write a book about this topic? How much time
0: do we have? (laughs) Um, So there's a very distinct story, actually, where this book came from. And I was not able to find a full-time job. We were talking before we started recording about what I do. I'm a communication professor. And I was adjuncting several different places, couldn't get hired full-time. And I had felt like I'd done everything right. I had never taken a summer off school from 2005 when I graduated um, high school till I think, I don't know, I finished my PhD in like 2017. I never took a summer off. I was constantly in school. I felt like I'd done all the right things, good GPA, could not get hired, And at this exact same time, one of my best friends in the entire world who I've known since I was in third grade, um, her name is Jewel. She called me and she said, girl, you're not going to believe it. And I was like, what? And she's like, I just got hired by NASA. And I was like, wow, you, wow, you. Wow!" Um, And I just remember that immediate, like it felt like a, a punch in my gut. Because she is, by the way, who will not mind me saying this, is not somebody who did everything right, right? And the door just opened for her. And I felt like, really, God? Like, this is, I would kill Jewel to work at NASA, right? Like, I would kill her right now if you would let me work at NASA. And, and yet, here she is. And so I just remember hearing in my head, it's not your turn, but it's hers. And so what is left to do but to just clap for her because this is your friend? Right. And so I think in the beginning, it probably I was probably faking it. Or I think two two emotions can coexist at the same time. Right. Like I can be happy for you and also sad for me. But I don't think I had language or vocabulary for that at that time. And so I just remember hanging up the phone and trying to will myself to be happy for my friend. Um and that started this journey for me where I would just say periodically, Heather, it's not your turn. And that's okay. For me, I, I've heard people say now that the word, the phrase, it's not your turn makes them sad. It might be a cultural difference because in black culture, it's like, it's a encouraging thing. It's not your turn, but it doesn't mean your turn won't come. Right. Mm. And so for me, it was an encouragement and it meant it's okay that it's not your turn right now. It doesn't mean your turn won't come. And so I would say it to myself all the time. That's where it came from.
1: Hmm. That's so powerful. And, I wish I heard that voice more often in my head when, when things happen yeah. that were awesome for other people and not for me. How, I mean, I'm sure before in life, right before that, that story that happened with your friend, there were times in life where you would again, see your friends and they were had amazing things happen to them. How did you kind of get to this point where you were able to come to grips with, it's not my turn and that's okay. Like, How did, how do you help your attitude change and your heart change when you're struggling with maybe jealousy or comparison or any of those things?
0: Kimberly, let me clarify. I haven't gotten there, Mm. right? This is a tool that I use still to help me get there. Mm. I have yet. And I really, truly, I was just talking about this with my therapist recently. I really, truly believed that I was going to get to a place. And by the time the book came out, I thought, surely you are going to be in a place where you are just always happy for other people. And it never feels like a threat to you. I have not gotten there. I went to bed, I think it was a night last week where I posted a reel, which is like so stupid. I know this is champagne problems, but I'm just going to be honest. I posted a reel and I could see right away, I had put a lot of time into it and I could tell right away the numbers weren't there right? I'm like, nobody's picking up what you're putting down right now. And I remember just lay, rolling over to my husband and saying, this is so frustrating because mm-hmm. I'll see somebody post like, you know, a bikini picture of fun in the sun and 5,000 likes immediately. Yeah. Right. And here I've spent two hours putting together a Bible study thought and nobody cares. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. And I, I let myself sit in that for a second. I voiced it out loud to my husband. And then I, that was, that's part of my strategy now is being honest about it. Because once I name it, it doesn't have power over me anymore, right? right. Like, hey, I'm feeling jealous right now. I've voiced it. And now what are you going to do, Heather? I'm going to have to let it go, right? What happens when we stop being sad about being sad? Sadness loses its power over us. It's okay. We are human beings, The goal is not for Heather or Kimberly or anybody listening to suddenly become absolutely perfect robots. It's impossible. So don't try. The goal is just to acknowledge what we're feeling and then say, okay, what are the tools that I have that can help me get through this emotion while it's here? Because it's not going to last. Nothing lasts,
1: right? Mm -hmm. So going back to your friend calls you, she gets this job at NASA, you're still unemployed. What are some of the tools that you used in that moment? There was the, it's not your turn, but what else, what else did you use to get you through that season? Uh, and then what did you do when you got a job? Like, how did you feel about when Mm. it was your turn?
0: You know, and and this is, this is again, something I'm working on. I'm going to go back to the first part of your question, but let me just answer the second part. Um, I am so much better, better at like um, sorrow. I am so much better at worry. I'm so much better at groveling to God than I am thanking him. Mm-hmm. My, my thankful or my gratitude period is so short. And part of it is just me acknowledging that, right? Like I'm realizing, oh, oh my goodness, I got the job now. Thank you. And I just move right into it. But I will spend months begging and pleading. Um, Something that I did, I I remember this distinctly after my conversation with Jewel, was I went up and uh, Googled. It's so stupid. I Googled this um, website that let me write a letter to God, like send God an email. It was like literally God.com or whatever. I sent God this email filled with all of my grievances And was just naming the things that I felt, right? And said, I I really thought you were going to show up for me. Mm. And I'm sitting in this space of, I thought you were going to. And I don't know how I feel about you in this space. And I don't know how I feel about myself in this space. And so I'm asking, just please, like, give me anything. Make this right. And I hit send. And I can't remember how long it took. I know the entire process of me um not being able to find a full-time job in academia was several years. This wasn't like and then a month later everything changed. No, we're, it was several years. And especially like my book writing process that was like 7 years that I worked with an agent before I could get published. Like these these weren't quick fixes. Um but eventually things changed. And I but you want to know what I I will say this. Things changed in me hmm. before they changed out there. And mm-hmm. I hope things are still changing in me. I did all, and it wasn't like an all of a sudden thing. It was a slow, gradual process where I started to realize, okay, you're spending all this time thinking about what you don't don't have, but what do you have? Mm-hmm. And how do you even, like, I don't even think I'm seeing it. How do I see what I have right here? And that's something I'm still in the process of, of doing every, today, my prayers, I, my prayers used to look a lot like I need this, give me this. Okay. Three months from now I have this, all these future things. And today, often my prayers in the morning are just, and this is an intentional effort on my part to redirect my brain. It's just, okay, help me to be fully present Mm. in my own body today. And in my own heart today that I can see what you are doing today. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's working.
1: You've been talking about that on Instagram too. Yeah. In the moment concept. Like why are we working so hard to wait and experience quote unquote joy later? I just want to have joy. Yes. I want to be okay. If there's a day I sit on the couch and binge Netflix, like I don't need the worry and expectation always on my shoulders.
0: Oh, hard to do. My friend Vimbo um, called me recently She just moved. She just got married, which I talk about in the book. That prayer of her waiting for her husband for us was about four years, I think, um, that we were praying and fasting and nothing. Mm. She is married now. She just moved. And now, so she lost her job because she was a principal where she was. Now she moved to be with her husband. He's in the military. And so she's in her own season of waiting again now, but for a job. And she said to me, I'm going to make a list of 100 things that make me happy. Mm. That way, no matter what's going on, I can look at a list of a hundred things and it's like ice cream. I can do that. I can choose happiness today. Right. And I loved that
1: yes. because
0: it requires you to slow down and be present and realize, isn't there some, if, if there's a hundred things that make me happy, isn't there something available to me even in this? Mm-hmm.
1: What would you say are kind of the top one or two, maybe even three things that you would encourage people? in when they're, if they're in that season of waiting right now for whatever it might be for a job, for a pregnancy, for their, a relationship to be restored, what, what would you encourage people with?
0: Mm, I think, I mean, my faith is so important to me. So Mm -hmm. for me, it is very hard to ever separate that from, um, what I think helped me come out of despair mm-hmm. um, so whatever that looks like for you if that's faith it's if that's just um, meditation whatever that quiet stillness thing that's bigger than you whatever that looks like find it and how are you setting time aside to invite it right into your life I think that would be a big thing another thing I started asking myself that I think is a very important question everybody should ask themselves is who are you without? this piece? Mm. Who are you? If that never comes, who are you? And how do we start making peace with who we are, regardless of what comes or doesn't come, right? With just what I have, how do I learn to love that person? And what does that person have to offer? And then I think the next part of that, and so I guess this is step three, is figuring out how do you put yourself in situations where you're giving the best of what you already know you have, right? So something I say about myself, if somebody was to say, who is Heather, right? Um, I know I'm always a student. At my core, I'm done with school, but I'm always a student. And so I feel most alive when I'm learning. I'm a student. It's at the core of who I am. So me reading books is part of my self-help or self-soothing process. That's what my therapist Mm. says. How do you soothe yourself? For me, reading a book is how I do that. It makes me, it speaks to the core of who I am. I also feel like I'm a peacemaker, right? Not necessarily peacekeeper, but I I like to hear both sides of different people's point of views and figure out how do we bridge this? And so how do I put myself in situations where I'm actively trying to make peace with people? And for me, that looks like showing up on Instagram and posting things online, right? So think about who you are. Answer that question. I remember my, my mentor asked me this question. I'm telling you that I have changed because like four years ago, he said to me, um, "What is your what are your dreams? Or no, he said, what's the vision for your life? And he said, don't you dare name a job. Hmm. And Kimberly, I'm not, I literally, it's going to make me cry because it's so core. I didn't have an answer. Hmm. And that was the first time that I realized what a sad life I'm building for myself. If the greatest vision for me is some type of Hmm. paycheck. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so who are we without whatever that thing is that we're waiting on? Who maybe one relationship? I say this to my students all the time. We will sit and talk about the one relationship where I can't lean. They sit in my office for hours and say, you don't, I can't lean there. And I say, so where can you lean? Hmm. Your friends are being horrible in the dorm to you. Can you call your mom? Can you call your, do you have a sister? Where can you lean? And how do we start leaning into the spaces that have already been receiving us? And often we spend so much time, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm talking about me. I have spent so much time looking at who wasn't accepting me Mm -hmm. that I'm not even aware of the people who are. I don't even see them because that's what happens when we spend a lot of our time focused on where God's going to open the door for us. Oh my goodness, we miss the people
1: standing behind the doors that God has called us to open. Yeah, this is resounding a lot. You know, even when you give the examples of like the college students, I think even when you're 35 years old, like it, there are still those feelings of these people aren't accepting me. And I feel I it all think, the time. Right? Yes. And it's hard. Like adult friendships, hard. Yes. <laughs> hard. Yes. Yes. And so I love, I've never once thought of it the way that you just put it. I love that. Like, okay, but where are the people that are there? They're there. They're there. But that's not who you're focusing on Or me. That's not who I'm focusing on in the moment. Ah, That's so good. So good. Okay. So it's not your turn. Your, your first book, isn't that correct? And it released 2021 and, Go get it. Everyone listening, you can get it. Where would you prefer them get it?
0: You know, wherever you feel comfortable getting it. But it's <laughs> wherever books are sold.
1: Yes, it's wherever books are sold. Uh came out last year, raving reviews, fantastic book. Um however, you have another book coming out. I have and another book. Yes, I didn't even know this, but I'm so excited. And so tell us about this book when it's, so tell us about when it's releasing, uh, but then tell us a little bit what it's about. And I want to ask you some questions.
0: Okay. It's releasing October 4. It's called I'll See You Tomorrow. I actually co-wrote it with my husband. Um, Mm -hmm. It is not a marriage book. The reason I co-wrote it with my husband is because I have a lot. I would say when I look at my life and I say, where is God's greatest blessing for me? It's in my relationships. I have I mean, I don't just have best friends. I have best friends who I trust, who have wisdom, who love me. I mean, I have such good friendships and family. And my husband is the total opposite of that. Mm-hmm. So when I say things like my my field of study, hey, we need each other. Human beings are actually wired to be in relationship. We This isn't an option for a human being. You need it. My husband says, if only it was that easy. Yeah. Great for you, Heather, that it's been easy. I'm telling you, there are people who have gone through some stuff that make the process of vulnerability towards another human being when all I've been is hurt and rejected almost feel impossible. And so I asked him to write the book with me so that we have a balance of stories, a balance of perspective. But in a culture that's constantly talking about, and I'm not saying this doesn't matter, please hear me, in a culture where the hot topics are boundaries and cut them off and people are toxic. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying those things aren't true, but what I'm saying is I think there should be a balance of, but also how do I stay? Mm -hmm. How do I stay in relationship when people really frustrate me? When I don't see things the same as you, Mm -hmm. is it possible to have a relationship with somebody where you don't see things the same, where we don't agree at all? One of my best friends, I, Totally disagree with politically. At a time where people will tell people tell me all the time. Well, then how can you be friends with that person? You must not really believe it. No, I I just know her beyond that. Yeah, she's a real human being, and I and if I'm being honest, I trust her heart. Mm-hmm. I absolutely trust her heart. I would trust her to watch my children. I would trust her in her prayers over my life, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't see things the same. Probably because we come from very different um, spaces. Yeah, and are reading very different books and are watching very different television, right? So those things are true, but how do we stay in relationship with one another? I think we have to have those conversations because if we don't, my goodness, good luck. Yeah. Good luck being a fully functioning human being alone. Self-reliance is a myth. This mm-hmm. idea in Western culture that th- th- the whole point is to make yourself It's absolutely so detrimental to the way human beings are actually wired, which is to exist in relationship with other people. I think it is a shame if we never allow anybody else to have power in our lives. And I think that's not the messaging we're getting. We're saying, no, you are the only one with power. And you're like, no, 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 no. One of the greatest gifts is to defer the power of myself to somebody else. That's how I stay humble. Right? That's how I best live this walk of humanity and connectedness is in the deferring of my power. So, how do we allow ourselves to do that wisely?
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. When you were as you were saying this about you know what what the book's about, and I love it goes back to what you are saying earlier. You want to bridge things, like you want to make bridges on two different sides. So, you yes. I love that you wrote it with your husband, so that there's a bridge, yes. so that there there is that there. For me, and this is a moment of vulnerability, like I think of, I'm probably more like your husband where I'm like okay. people, I don't know that I trust them, right? Yeah. Like I yeah. don't know that I've, I've been hurt in the past. I don't know that I can trust them with who I really am because, and it's gotten worse over the past couple of years because yes. it's like now if if someone doesn't accept you, it's like you're it's a moral deficiency. It's not mm. just agree on this. It's m- morally something's wrong with you. And for someone like me who already struggles with what do people think of me and how can I show up and be my most authentic self, but also like I want people to like me. Yeah, right? as we it's, all do. Right. And so now it's like, but what if I do? And they literally don't just reject me, but like make moral character judgments about me yeah. for something that I believe is is totally what I'm supposed to do or what I'm supposed to believe. And so it's this like negative circle that, that you can get stuck in or that I can get stuck in where it's like, well, then it's easier for me to just live in my bubble, which isn't
0: the right answer. It's right.
1: not the right answer to live but in it a bubble.
0: Feels, but it's true that it's easier. It's I safe. would agree. It feels safer. It, <laughs> it is easier. It is not better. It's not better. It's not right? better. What is my therapist says, what is helpful and what is unhelpful? Yeah. Right. It is probably unhelpful, maybe helpful for a season or a
1: moment or a time, but not to live the rest of my life. No, not at all. Because I still struggle with loneliness. And that's probably the number one thing over the past two years. If you were to play back the conversations I have with my husband, it's me being like, I'm lonely. I feel Mm -hmm. lonely. And it's because this is the issue. Like I need, and I know this, I need to have more of these deep friendships, sh- friendships in my life, even with people who I'm scared they might disagree with me. I, on the other hand, <laughs> if I were to talk about one of my strengths, I do think I do a decent job at being that middle ground. Like yeah. I love, I'm like you, I love hearing both sides, but I don't necessarily trust other people will do that for me. Yes. Yeah. So tell me how to fix it, Heather.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I so again I think that it's just making space for both things to be true.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Right? Like they don't have to be at odds with each other. I think both things are absolutely true and all I can do is offer to people what I would hope that they would offer to me. I of course I can't mm. control whether or not they do. Sure. But I can control that I will keep offering it. And at the end of the day and this is like integrity is is so important to me. At the end of the day, I just want to live a life of integrity. Mm. knowing that the way other people may, and of course, like hurt people, hurt people, people are coming from their own stuff, right? It's often not even about us truly anyway. It's about when somebody says, well, you are morally a bankrupt person because you don't agree with me. That's about a deep insecurity within themselves. Secure people rarely Mm. go through life talking that way, right? That's a deep insecurity that they have. And of course you can't fix that in one conversation. But can we exemplify what it looks like to not live that way? I think we can. Mm. Mm. I think we just value the human dignity of other people. Here's a communication tip that I literally somebody was texting me um, because they're going to a convention. It's um, somebody I met on Instagram who is single and in her 40s looking to meet somebody. And she's like, this is what makes me so anxious. I, I have to go to this convention. And how do I... How do I make people think I'm interesting? How do I meet people? How do I make the most of this opportunity? I said, shh, just remember in communication, it is never about convincing people that you are interesting. Take that pressure off. It is always about showing people that they are interesting. Hmm. And if your mindset, when you go into conversations with people is just, how do I make sure this person knows that I still care about them, right? How do I care more about the person? Hmm. Than how they think about me. That's and good. how do I relay that in this conversation? That's all we can control. And at the end of the day, if they still choose to reject you, that is a judgment on their own character. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Right. But how do we fully accept ourselves that we allow that to be true?
1: Yeah. Yeah. With the college students you deal with or the other people, the other people that, you work with and speak with and all of those things that you do, how do you talk about this? How do you get people to a place of acceptance of self? What are some Mm. things that you address there or tips that you give or encouragement that you give to them?
0: Yeah, I think, I think a very helpful practice in communication that most people will never do is just checking in with yourself. Mm. I think most of us don't know who we are. And that's why we look for jobs and relationships to answer the question for us. Mm-hmm. And so spe- I, here, my advice would be to spend time in your day. If it's the last 10 minutes, I, I make my students do this. And I, I, so, listener, I want you to do this when, when we're done with this call. I want you to put your hand over your heart and even just acknowledge yourself as a person. If it's, if it's nighttime, you say, good night, Heather. Mm. I just wanted to acknowledge you today. How are you feeling? Right? If it's morning, good morning, Heather. I just want to acknowledge you today. How are you feeling? Acknowledging that you yourself are a human being. I'm telling you, you will weep. If you've never done it, the first time you do it, you put your hand in your heart and you say your own name and ask yourself a question. It is like this weird experience because we go through life constantly spending our energy out there and not ever thinking about what's happening in here. But I would say what happens out there is always an overflow of what's happening in here. And that's why what's happening in here within ourselves matters. Spend time in the morning. And that's why for me, I say that it looks like a spiritual practice of getting up early in the morning. I get up at like 5 a.m. I have worship. I sit in total silence and just let myself think, listen to my mm-hmm. own thoughts, right? Just put time into your day. To acknowledge who you are as a person and start by just simply asking yourself, how are you feeling today? What's going well? What are you sad about? And I would lead to the question of who are you without job title relationship? Who are you as a person? If everything else was to go away, start being able to answer those questions. And I'm telling you, the overflow is going to be so rich into what you're then able to bring into other people's lives.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask right before you said that, I was going to say, and how do you think that affects our relationships and the way that we show up in those relationships?
0: Oh, man. I think I really, I, I just said this the other day. And of course, I got DMs of people getting really mad at me um, <laughs> because people get mad about anything. But I really think we have to learn how to love ourselves. I think true love towards other people does have to come from a secure place within ourselves. Or else it's very easily, or else it's always respondent or reactionary to how you treat me, right? But when I'm fully at peace within who I am, even if I'm not at peace with you, I can still value you because I just feel secure in me. All the things about you aren't threatening me because I know who I am. So spending that time, if you're not in therapy, I highly recommend therapy. It's been so good for me. And I was somebody who said, I don't need a therapist because I have so many great friends and they, I I talk with them. Well, there's just things my therapist asked me that my friends have never asked me, right? Which doesn't stop that they're great friends. They're they're just trained to have really good conversations with you. So I really recommend spending time in therapy. I really recommend for me, it looks like writing, writing Mm -hmm. down thoughts, keeping a journal, keeping track of my own feelings, make time for you. Mm -hmm. Well, my, here's another thing my therapist said to me that's so helpful. After you do whatever activity that we call self-care, self-care, does that thing make you feel better or worse? And I was saying things were self-care that actually made me feel worse, right? I would say, well, it's self-care, so I'm going to watch an entire season of Survivor in one day on the couch. (laughs) This is true. And I'd be like, well, I'm taking care of myself. But then afterwards, I felt worse. And so now I say, okay, Heather, self-care. What will make you feel better? And sometimes it's not the thing I actually want to do, right? Sometimes Mm. I know I'll feel better if I go on a run. I know it. Mm. I don't want to go on a run. I don't. But I know I'll feel better if I do. And so that is self-care, right? I don't always want to go visit my grandma in the assisted living home. Not that I don't love her, but I am busy. But I can tell you something. I have never regretted it. Hmm. Every time I leave my grandma's assistant living home, I feel better about who I am, right? right? It feels more true to me. So how are we taking time to do the things that will make you feel better afterwards? We have to make time and space for that. That's part of loving yourself.
1: That's so good. So good. And such a good word for people, even thinking of myself, like especially the past couple of months, I've just been so busy. Yes. And at the end of each day, I am drained. Mm-hmm. I am drained. And what could it look like? So as you're talking, I'm thinking, what could it look like for me to start just intentionally putting times in my day for self-care and then doing these things that are more life-giving, like going and spend going and having lunch with my mom, going and seeing my sister for a little bit, right? Like right now I would say I don't have time for that. Right. But there's gonna come a day where it's gonna be like, I would have done anything in the world to have time for that.
0: Yeah. And can I say, put it in your calendar? The best thing I started doing was actually putting it in my calendar because if I don't put it in my calendar, blocking out the one hour, the two hours, whatever, I will fill it with work. Right. Right. Cause if, yep. if I, if I see it in the calendar, when somebody says, can you do this? And I see that it's open, I'll be like, okay, I'll do it. But if I see in the calendar that it's blocked, I'm visual. Maybe it's just me when I see no, Heather is blocked for these two hours, self-care one hour, self-care Heather's going on a run. I won't schedule it. So actually put it into your calendar if you want to actually put it into your life.
1: Yes. I love that. I'm like that too. I've run my life by my calendar. Better yes. Or worse. Yes. For <laughs> worse. It's there. So use it to your advantage, not just for other people to take hold of it. That's so good. So your this new book is coming out at the time of this episode release, either the day of, or maybe the week before I love what you do. I love the message Thank of hope you. that you give to people. I really do. So as as we wrap up, I, I encourage all the listeners to go get It's Not Your Turn and go get I'll See You Tomorrow. Now, why is it called I'll See You Tomorrow?
0: <laughs> so I watched during COVID, I watched the um, basketball series with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And there's this moment in there where the last dance, there's this moment where The Bulls, they make their first playoffs against Orlando Magic, and they lose. And everybody's walking off the court, and the trainer says to Jordan, hey, just let me know when I'll see you because the season's over. It's done. And Jordan looks at him and goes, I'll see you tomorrow. The idea is that when everybody else went home, the reason Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan is because he always went back. He didn't see it as a singular game. He saw it as a perpetual season. And I want us to see our relationships not as a singular incident or a singular game, but how do we stay in a perpetual season of saying to people, I'll see, I need some space. I'm going to, I'm going to reflect on what you just did and said, I need some space, but I'll see you tomorrow. I'm Mm -hmm. not going anywhere. I'm still in the relationship. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about it. That's really beautiful.
1: Yeah. And just even thinking about like, how we so desire to know that someone's committed to us, right? Yeah. Like, and to be able to have that that conversation of, well, co- like we're I'm gonna come back to you. Yeah. I may not be happy now, but stay secure in the fact that I'm not leaving you. I'm not abandoning you. Yes. I'll see you tomorrow. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. So both books, it's not your turn, or I'll see you tomorrow. Go get them, and then. Also, as I've talked about, Heather has an awesome Instagram. Tell our followers where they can find you on Instagram or any other places that you would like to share.
0: Instagram is Heather Thompson Day, and I have a podcast called Viral Jesus that I do with Christianity Today.
1: We do have a podcast called Viral Jesus. Yes, I am so glad that you brought that up. And the main things that you talk about, I think this is so fascinating because the main things you talk about on that podcast is kind of how to use like this social media space, like internet type space to really like further, I don't know if I would say further your faith, but like, it's furthering the Christian walk. How would, how, where did this come from? Like, how did you decide to do this? And, and what are you seeing from it in the conversations you're having and, and all of those things?
0: Yeah, I just, I had, this is years ago. I just remember I, I used to say, Oh, I'm, I want to get a tattoo that says promote God, not self. Mm. And so then when the opportunity presented itself to do a podcast with Christianity Today, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, which is promote God and not myself. And what does it look like to, to just believe in something so much bigger than you? Mm-hmm. And what would it look like if we stopped pointing, using our social medias to stop pointing to all the awesome things about us, but about mm-hmm. something that people can actually have within their own lives, right? Because you can't take Heather, but you can take him with you wherever you go. He will never leave you or forsake you. What a gift. And so how do we remember who's actually in control? I just did a reel about this yesterday because this is my new mantra that I keep saying. I lived most of my life saying, I have God. And I've realized now, no, it is God who has me. Mm. It is God who has me, and so how out? So I can't control where God goes or who else God has.
1: Mm.
0: And so, how do I make sure that I'm at least doing my my due diligence as a person to co labor with Him and let people know what's available to them as well?
1: So good. What's your favorite? One of your favorite episodes you've done on Viral Jesus?
0: Oh, I think my I oh that I hope nobody that. Is that that show listening to? I don't want to offend anybody, but my I think one of my best conversations was with Karen Swallow Pryor, who is a phenomenal thinker. She is just and I don't agree with Karen on quite a few issues, but she is wise. I so value and respect her opinion. I know she's not just saying things to say it. She has come to a place where she's really researched and studied. We did an episode um, called Oh, I'm now I'm figuring the name. It's it's the it's about how the platform is not the work. Mm. And it's so, so good. She says, be weary of people whose all their work is their social media, Mm. because that should never be, that should be an outflow of your work, but you should be doing real work with real people in real life. Right. So good.
1: Right. Yes. It's a two, uh, I think it's two parts. I see it on here. What's the title? The work is the platform, part one and two. Oh, the work is. So I did say right. The work is. Did say right. Yes. We'll link to that for everyone in the show notes. Oh, I
0: appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Well, I just love promoting the things that I. One of the things I love about podcasts, and I'm sure you do too, is I get to have conversations with really awesome people, and I just feel like I learn. I feel like, honestly, I feel like I do this podcast for me more than anyone else, and they're just. I know
0: what you mean. Doesn't it restore your faith in human? I will always, I'll be online and I'll be like, people are horrible because I'll see people dunking on people on Twitter. And then I'll sit down with somebody on a podcast and I'll be like, oh my goodness, there's so many wise, deep, loving, good people. Where are we leaning, friends?
1: Where are we leaning? Where are we leaning? Where are we leaning? Well, Heather, thank you so much for your time. We'll include the links to all the things we mentioned, your books, your podcast in the show notes. And Uh, and as well as your Instagram. But more than anything, thank you for this dedicated work that you have in just putting encouragement and hope and truth and all of the good things out there for people to take hold of. I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Here are my key takeaways from today's conversation. We talked about so many different things. And honestly... (laughs) I want to just go back and listen to parts of this podcast all over again, because there were so many key nuggets. And I tried to write down some of my favorite as we were going. One of the first ones that I loved so much was this idea of having a list of things that bring you joy. When I was in middle school, me and my girlfriends, we had this book that we called the happy thoughts book, and it was just a composition notebook that we filled with happy thoughts and we would pass it from person to person and we would clip out pictures from magazines and like mod podge it on the front of it. And so we decorated it and then we would just take time during school. We would pass it back and forth during school. And I would write down like a hundred things that I, that I believed gave me happy thoughts. And then my friend Leah would do it. And she would put down 50 things that gave her happy thoughts. And we would just pass it around a group of us. And it was so fun to be able to look back through that book in seventh grade. And of course it was funny things like, boys with long brown hair or blue eyes or popcorn in movies, right? Like just things that made us happy. And how much more important is it for us to focus on those happy things? Even now, I actually may make it a point this month to do a happy thoughts book with my family, me and the kids, my husband, just buy a composition notebook and start writing down some happy thoughts. And maybe it's something we should add to every couple of months or every year. I'm going to definitely present this as an option of some fun family things for us to do. The other thing I love about what we talked about, the second key takeaway is really take that time of silence whether you spend that with God in prayer, in worship, in Bible reading, whether you spend it meditating, whatever you do, I know that for me more than ever in my life right now, I I am just craving this time of silence. There's so much happening. And I know that I need to get more grounded in who I am and who I am called to be before I face the world on a day-to-day basis, before I check my email, before I look at social media, before I enter into a meeting, because I don't want those other people to speak into who I am. I want that to come from, for me, I want that to come from who God wants me to be and is calling me to be. For you, maybe that's the same, or maybe you just know you need it to come from you and, and your inner self of what you are wanting. Who you believe you are and who you are called to be and the purpose that you have. I believe every single one of us has that. So number two is take that time to spend with God. And number three, this question is just fantastic. When you're in the season of waiting or you're in a season of frustration in a relationship, asking yourself, who am I without this thing that I'm waiting for? And where are other places in my life that I can lean on? But that first part, who am I without this? Because you're someone, you're worthy, you're good enough without the thing you're waiting for right now. Your relationships aren't what make you whole. Your job isn't what makes you worthy. Your finances, your success, whatever that is, that's not going to bring you the joy and contentment. Who are you and who are you made to be without the thing you're waiting for? How can we remove some of the hold that it has on our life and in our minds? And then my bonus key takeaway from today's episode was when Heather was talking about this relational resilience and this concept of how can I love you even when you may not be showing that same kind of love to me? How can I show up with integrity of who I know I'm supposed to be and the way I'm supposed to treat you? Even if I'm scared, I'm not going to get that back. It's a great thing to remember on a day-to-day basis. Until next week, stay strong.